This podcast is brought to you in part by Specialties. Are you in a band that wants merch, but you're not sure where to go? Are you looking for great quality and affordable pricing? Do you have a design that you'd like to put on a koozie for your favorite consumable beverage? How about office swag for your job or giveaway items for your events? Okay, you get the point. Look no further than special teas for all of your heart's printing desires. This is not my magnum opus listeners can act now and get 10% off your first order if you tell them could be better sent you. Visit their website at www.special-tees.com or use the link in the show notes to get the conversation started. You can even call ahead and visit their showroom to see the types of products they offer. Again, telling them could be better sent you via email, phone call, or carrier pigeon will get you that 10% off your first order. That's special-tees.com. Special Tees. If you haven't worked with them, they want to work with you. This is Not My Magnum Opus is proud to be a part of the Could Be Better podcast network. We're passionate about creating and using these platforms to dive into topics such as exploring lo-fi, impulsive, small, and otherwise overlooked artworks and creative practices, what happened in the world this week and how to laugh through or at it, and hearing stories from musicians from all walks of life. Check out these podcasts, Could Be Better, This Is Not My Magnum Opus, and The Weekly with Kiki, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit couldbebettermeh.com slash podcasts in the show notes to see the current shows on the Could Be Better podcast network. Come join us as we discover more about ourselves, the community around us, and maybe even something worth sharing. Or not. Now, here's our show. Hello and welcome to This Is Not My Magnum Opus, a podcast about small and lo-fi artworks, creative practice, and what it means to be an artist. I'm your host, Nicole Ringel, and I'm here with my partner and producer, Spencer Newcomb. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> hey, Spencer. I think what my goal for this um, for this season is to just say hello, Nicole, in as many different ways as I can. Well, I think that you have exposed to me already and I'll expose to our yeah. 10 listeners um, that you have compiled every intro yes. I've done thus far this season. And um, it's kind of terrifying how similarly <laughs> I say it every week very because I don't intend to do that. I'm mm -hmm. just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say this thing. And you know, I think it's important that we intro the show the same way. I don't know. Maybe right. I'll mix it up, but it's like kind of terrifying. It's eerie that, yeah. uh, it is essentially you say it the exact same way every time. Maybe every we'll have to time. we'll have to upload that after our season's done. That's like our bonus. scary blooper that we're holding <laughs> in our back pocket, like yeah. whenever it makes sense to share. Um, so you've got something to look forward to, listener. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. So uh, how you doing? How you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I'm nice. a little tired, but um, it's like that mid-February drag, mm, I feel mm -hmm. like, but it was warmer outside today. It was nice so, today. So that was nice. We spent some time outside in the sun. Yeah. So so that's good. We got that vitamin D. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the February slump is real. Um, yeah. But we've, uh, in, in thinking about introing this episode... I'll let you talk about who we have on this week, but as a precursor, I, I kind of want to talk about the couple of shows that we've been to in the past, you know, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Here in Frederick at Old Mother. Uh, I end up running sound for some shows over mm -hmm. there, uh, as does my bandmate Dylan. And uh, last week, I got to run sound for Moth Puppy and Graver, mm -hmm. Kite Wave, um, 
and Davy Haynes uh, mm-hmm. opened up that show. It was a great, great show. It was. I was there in the audience, and I helped you roll cables at the end. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I always have to correct myself because I say we when that is right. is running. Um, but, like, all I did was help you um, roll cables <laughs> at the end. But, um, no, it was a wonderful show. Yeah, um, excellent show. And then uh, last night, we got to see uh, Daphne Ekman at Old Mother. Beautiful voice. I, um, Daphne was on... The, could be better. It could be better podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, wonderful voice. Wonderful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a couple some of some great covers too. Yeah, I oh, saw. Yeah. I wasn't there last mm-hmm. night, but I saw. Um, it was Dylan who posted. Dylan from TV. Mm-hmm. Shout out Dylan for our <laughs> intro music. Um, posted a short clip of them covering "No Surprises" by yeah. Radiohead, mm-hmm. and that is low key my favorite a, Radiohead song. It so it was cover. fun to hear that cover. It was a great cover from the very like small clip that I heard. Yeah. So exciting things happening in yeah. Frederick. Music, uh, yeah, been really enjoying going to these shows here in town, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I think leads us into who we're talking to today. Because yeah, uh, yeah we got to meet her or got to see her play uh, last year. Mm-hmm. At a show here in Frederick. Yeah, so this week we're sharing a conversation with Flo Petit. As Spencer mentioned, I first, we both first encountered mm-hmm. her music through both um, her interview with Chris and Colin. It could be better. I think, did that predate the show? It did. Yeah, I think we heard her interview there and then we saw her perform at uh, New Spire stages mm-hmm. um, when they were running Could Be Better shows a couple of years ago, yep. um, which was a really wonderful moment. But uh, she performed in the lobby, and we both, I think, talked about afterwards how uh, she was really able to cultivate this very warm environment mm-hmm. in the space. Like, she had a notebook that she passed around the crowd and asked everybody to write something in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it had, like, when she kind of, um, there wasn't really a stage in the space, right. but when she kind of took the mic, there was a kind of transformation of the energy in the space mm-hmm. that I certainly was kind of keyed into. Yeah, And so uh, she was kind of on my mind. I think she originally grew up in Hagerstown, or she moved around she a little around bit, but she bit, has yeah. roots in Hagerstown. Roots in Hagerstown, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how she kind of um, got connected into Frederick as well um she's based in college park Mm -hmm. now but anyways then um fast forward a couple of years when i was working at the frederick arts council i was able to invite her to perform for um the opening reception of infinite growth which was a show that jillian abir mcmaster had uh curated and if you listen to i think was it our second or third third episode episode with jillian um so there's kind of like a constellation of folks that i got to like witness through my role at the the Frederick Arts Council, which I'm still grateful for. Mm -hmm. But anyways, got to kind of talk with her and connect with her there. Um, And I really, I was really looking forward to kind of digging into talking to her about her practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to share this conversation. I think Flo is someone who is uh, just like radically sensitive to the world Mm. in a way that many artists are. Like not all artists are like kind of like get into that um, groove. But I think Flo is a example of someone who really leans into kind of like uncovering how each wild experience we have as humans connects into a larger picture of what it means to be human Mm -hmm. in 
um, community with other people. Mm -hmm. Like how do we create shared meaning? And so much of that experience is fraught, right? right? It's challenging and difficult. And like, it's so wild to be alive. Mm -hmm. And she's someone who like, doesn't forget that. Yeah. (laughs) And we really dug into, in a lot of really raw and real ways, how that means to her Mm -hmm. um, and how that kind of manifests in her writing. And like a lot of that is kind of documented in a uh, journaling practice that, that she um, keeps in her kind of like larger creative life. And I kind of don't want to give more away. Like I think, I think we'll just give it a listen. Yeah. um, I hope you enjoy. Oh, you have one more thing I did want to mention, if you're listening to this the week it releases, she is playing this weekend, uh, February 25th at the pie shop in DC uh, with, I believe the band is Razor Braids. Let me check that. Yes, uh, Razor Braids with Flo Petite uh, mm-hmm. Pie Shop this weekend. So, what's your uh, favorite pie at the pie shop? What's my favorite pie? Yeah. Ooh, the tofu curry is mm. phenomenal. I like a savory pie uh, nice. when when I've been there. So can't beat it. A yeah. pie and a great show. Get that tofu so curry get to the pie shop mm-hmm. this weekend for Flo Petite, and I hope you enjoy this conversation uh, with her. We have for you today. Hello. Hi. Welcome to This Is Not My Magnum Opus. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time to travel out to Baltimore to to sit down in what is a very cold studio <laughs> right now. It's not as cold as outside, though, so we're, yeah. we're rocking. Yeah, when it's I woke okay. up this morning, it was like 15 degrees. And I was oh, like, I'm that's not when ready you just go back this. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I no really point. wanted to. I really wanted to. Uh. Um. But yeah, thank you so much um, for joining us. Um, yeah, you and I met, I think, like eight-ish months ago mm-hmm. when I was working at the Frederick Arts Council, and mm-hmm. I had kind of like admired your music for a while, and so it was so. like an uh, honor to get you to kind of come into that space. Um, you performed for um, the opening of Infinite Growth, which yeah. actually one of our previous guests was the curator for, so we've kind of like cycled yeah. back through some of the creativity that was in that space. But um, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have you here um, you. to talk about yeah your your music and your creative practice kind of mm-hmm. um, more holistically. Um, yeah, when we have these conversations, usually always like to start in kind of getting at your sort of origin story. So like okay. the first times you felt creative or like mm-hmm. the impulse to be creative. Um, so my question for you is, um, what were your first experiences of um, being or wanting to become an artist? I think like my very first kind of, I have a couple like really early memories of like hearing music, but not really knowing what it was and like trying to sing along, but not being able to talk or like not being able to talk very fast. Mm. um and that's really early (laughs) yeah my parents um or my dad when we when we were living in Connecticut and I was like I was only like four years old but he took me to like a concert with him to see this Canadian folk band because I'm Canadian my dad's from Canada so I guess that was like his jam or something but um Mm. he got the cd and we like he would just play it in the car and I would try to sing along but I couldn't talk (laughs) (laughs) wow it's kind of incredible that you remember something so early like a Mm pre-verbal memory I don't think I have many of those I think it's because I remember my mom laughing at me being like oh cute she's trying to sing Mm -hmm. but she can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I think the the other one that I always go back to is when um 
American Idol started, mm-hmm. and I saw Kelly Clarkson sing Breakaway, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's hot. I need to do that. <laughs> and then I could actually talk, and I was like, amazing. So you said that you're Canadian. Were you born in Canada? No. So my dad is from Canada. My parents met in high school, and because my mom moved from, my mom moved around a lot, but she moved, I think, from New York at the time to Canada, and they met there, and then they were cute, and they got eloped later on, or mm-hmm. they eloped later on, um, but I was, I was born in Tennessee while my dad was in the, in the army, and then mm-hmm. we moved around a little, we lived in Connecticut for, like, the first few years of my existence, and then I've been in Maryland pretty much mm-hmm. the whole time since then. Do you feel like connected to Maryland as a place or as a home or were there other places that you you lived um, that kind of like hit? I don't know. I think it's like my parents kind of like being from like different places or like all over. I kind of feel like I could be at home anywhere, but I do definitely feel connected to Maryland because my my whole life is here and I've lived here so long I've never eaten seafood so I have a hard time (laughs) connecting to like the The Maryland culture the the, the old bay thing like that makes me feel kind of like a fake Marylander but (laughs) I don't know maybe I'll put it on my popcorn or something I just don't really like it (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um okay so uh you talked about um Kelly Clarkson maybe being your first influence um beyond the like Canadian music um on the (laughs) Tanglefoot yeah um like uh how did that evolve like uh so if Kelly Clarkson was kind of like a catalyst earlier on um what were the kind of like landmarks of like your journey through music I think I always um just glued to glued myself to like different like female artists um in efforts to like understand myself I guess and then also like we all want to see someone who's doing like what we want to do like when you're a kid Mm -hmm. so I think like I mean, my, like, music influence growing up was, like, super random. My parents would listen to, like, Nickelback and then, like, the (laughs) Shrek movie soundtrack. So it was kind of all over. When I got, like, more into high school and stuff, I was really into, like, Paramore. Haley Williams is, like, she is my ultimate. Mm -hmm. She is a goddess in my eyes. And I was really inspired by um, Kathleen Hanna, who did, like, the whole, like, Riot Girl music, um... I don't even know, like, uh, what, you, what you would call it, revolution, maybe, like, in mm-hmm. the 90s. Um, and she really made me feel like, oh, yeah, I'm a girl, and, like, I want to rock out. Like, I want to make mm-hmm. some music. So when did you start um, playing instruments? I Well, my parents put me in lessons when I was pretty young. So I always had, like, a basis of, like, I can play piano or, like, I can play guitar. But when I... Um, became more self-aware unfortunately like well just unfortunately that I became more self-aware because that's always kind of a rough transition but like around (laughs) high school I got more into the idea of like oh I want to take music more seriously or just that I was like really obsessed with it I guess I was just really Mm -hmm. obsessed with music in general so I just uh, started playing piano more seriously and Mm -hmm. I, I took some vocal lessons man, piano teachers are kind of mean. <laughs> they were, some of them were a little rough. I was like, 
do I hate this or I feel like piano just... is like a very discipline oriented yeah. I think I just instrument. maybe I didn't have that I mean I was very like committed <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't know it that was weird but then I um I joined one of those like rock school kind of programs and that mm-hmm. taught me how to play guitar a lot better and then I just did stuff on my own too mm. so has it has music been kind of like a thing that is like um like always present or always mm-hmm. like um like main priority like I know that this is what I'm like living for like how does it kind of like fit into kind of like your personhood I think it's probably both I think it's like the passion that like really drives me to to do a lot of stuff because I'm always thinking like oh, I can, like, go home and write a song or I can go home and, like, play guitar. And, like, growing up, too, I wouldn't say my family was, like, non-religious. We went to, like, a Unitarian Universalist church growing Mm -hmm. up. So it's very much, like, search for personal meaning kind of thing, which is really cool because I could just be like, well, who am I at, like, eight (laughs) years old? Mm -hmm. So I think honestly I've thought this before like maybe music played some kind of like religious role in my life too Mm. just you know more like I can connect to it on like a really deep level and it kind of fills that space for me and I always thought like comparing spaces like concerts are kind of like going to church sometimes yeah yeah for sure actually um like my my partner Spencer and I, um, who people will know if they listen to the podcast, um, we were both raised very religiously, mm. and sometimes um, like we have trouble going to bigger shows because it like reminds us so much of oh like like past church experiences, and <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh man, like it, it just like can surprise us sometimes of like that that overlap is funny, but yeah, be, people have different um, connotations with it, but. No, that's really that's really funny <laughs> that that you kind of thought the same thing. That's crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, I think last time we talked, you were about to head out on tour, um, <laughs> yes. and so I'm curious um, to hear how that went. It went a few different ways. So I there was like three different parts of the tour. So it started. So I guess I would have seen you last spring, like spring 2022. Mm -hmm. So I left for tour the first part, which was two weeks. I got in my minivan and I drove halfway across the country by myself. Wow. Yeah, no, that was, that was nuts. (laughs) Were you, uh, are you experienced like driving long distances? Like, Uh, I wasn't until then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I had, I had taken trips with other people and like I, I did a cross country trip from like Tennessee to California with some of my friends, but there was like six of us. So driving to California with six people versus like driving all the way out to like Nebraska by yourself is a very different experience. Yeah, and the roads out there are just like flat, and there's a lot of emptiness, right? Like up so, towards so Nebraska. Much. I, I would get on the highway, like in, I don't know, wherever I was, like Illinois or Iowa, and I'd be like, well, this is it for the next six hours. So I guess I'll listen to some Netflix <laughs> <laughs> on the Ox. Nice. Um, okay, so lots of driving. There was lots of driving, but that tour was like super cool i was basically like van lifing it like i had a bed in my trunk and mm-hmm. i i had like a little like just like a how you kind of see like those girlies on tiktok they have like their van life set up in their car that was basically me and i met like a, a lot of super um super awesome people like i mean that's inevitable when you're 
going to different states and kind of being like, oh, so this is what it's like here. Like you mm-hmm. get a little sneak peek. And it's awesome, like traveling or um, touring specifically, like traveling mm-hmm. with a purpose, like yeah. has a way of like connecting you to people in each place that you visit. Yeah, for sure. Um, which was, is, yeah, a nice way to travel. No, the, the purpose definitely helps because now after touring like so much, I take regular trips and I'm like, what are we doing? what's going on right um but after that um i went to tennis i went to tennessee and i did a couple shows like a month later and then we went to atlanta and like north carolina and stuff and we came home well we tried to come home but we got in a really bad car accident oh no which was like it was it felt like kind of like a movie moment like after all this like smash oh my god was <laughs> but, everybody okay yeah we're okay <laughs> sumo was there in in the car too oh, there man. was like it was like me and my my uh, suma and our friends leal and sila but the car the car is no more but i have my my girlies so it's okay that's good i'm glad that everybody made it home okay yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> shout out to my mom for coming to get us oh man yeah but that was that was really scary um when we get into like my, my journals a little more we'll probably um talk about that there's kind of a gap after that happened where i just like didn't really write anything for like three weeks mm. it's just like yeah i'm not gonna like exist right now sorry guys yeah like taking time to like process stuff like that is really important um you just never really realize because i feel like we're so desensitized like because of tv and everything and we kind of see like crazy shit happen like in front of us all the time but you never really realize how something feels until like you're right there in it and you're like Mm -hmm. oh my fuck like (laughs) yeah yeah like you don't realize that things can turn until they do and then like if you have one of those moments it like really puts things into perspective in like a really like terrifying way no it's scary and for a while i'd like be watching tv and shit like that would happen i just had to turn it off and like walk away Mm -hmm. i was like no this is too real but well do you want to get into um the the journaling yeah um, thing so yeah so um if this is your first time listening to the podcast um where this is not my magnum opus so we're all about um kind of like the small building blocks of creative practice and kind of like one-off things that are small Mm -hmm. and impulsive because a lot of the time um you know if you're making art or making music or making whatever it feels very high stakes and like Mm -hmm. um you know perfectionism is rampant (laughs) and so um yeah um if you could share with us what you brought with you yeah so I am like a hardcore journaler like that feels like a really big part of my identity as like a writer and just as like a person who's trying to process like whatever the fuck is going on um and I've been doing it like steady since I was like 14 so I have about eight or nine journals from like then to now of like just everything like it's really crazy to go read back some of the ones in high school where I'm like I don't know having sex for the first time and like writing about it I'm like oh this is awful (laughs) I'm like it gets better girl I'm sorry (laughs) or just you know like old songs or sometimes songs that like I still play where I'm like um wow like 
and just seeing like, like what's going capsule. on around it because my music if you haven't heard my music like it's very um autobiographical so i think journaling and like writing everything out the way that i do kind of gets me into the the writing of a song because mm-hmm. i'm like well like i don't know like for example today sucked how can i kind of like spin whatever whatever happened into some kind of cool lyrical moment (laughs) yeah yeah so um is there like a structure that you use to journal like Um, like if you sit down to um to journal like what does that look like so I I kind of I've done it this way for a while I kind of journal around like artifacts so Mm. um I have this one entry from July 8th or let me see. Oh, July 2nd. My bad. Also, this is my grandma's birthday. Happy birthday, grandma. July <laughs> 2nd. Um, but I did a show at DC9 in DC, and I just have, like, my set list and, like, what I was kind of thinking during the show. And some guy took, like, a Polaroid picture of me, so I, I put it in there. Being able to visualize everything is also, like, kind of super big for me it, it might be kind of cringy to say but like I do like to think of my move my my life as a movie sometimes just because I don't know I'm I'm an artist man that's all I gotta say <laughs> it also just makes you more sensitive to the things that are happening around you I feel and like yeah, for sure at least for me like so much of being creative is tied to being sensitive to the world no yeah I mean everything just kind of hurts <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. I um I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, why do I, why do I like feel like I need to write songs? Cause I guess like a lot of people, I mean, most people who are artists are just like, yeah, I like, I, I can enjoy this art or I can, you know, listen to this song, but I don't really feel like I need to like respond or I guess, I guess some people just don't have like the need to create, which is wild to me just from like a personal perspective. But Mm -hmm. I guess the, the drive to just make sense of things and also like process, I guess like I, I, I have a hard time grappling with the idea of like all art comes from pain and not all of mine does, but shitty things do happen to me on occasion (laughs) and I'm like I have to do something about this to make it not feel so bad and that's definitely Mm -hmm. where like songwriting comes into play but I've I've tried to be like okay let me twist that around and maybe it's like you know just things I feel really passionate about or really strongly about like how you said like being sensitive like Mm -hmm. that kind of feeling is what makes me want to make a song or do anything like exported from my brain and it's kind of twofold like the idea of like processing via making Mm -hmm. um or writing because like you get the processing time of like figuring out how you want to say the thing Mm -hmm. that is affecting you right of like really turning over like how do I say this in a way that gets at you know the pain or like the um the struggle Mm -hmm. um and then there's like the um the act of performing with like a community yeah. of folks around you that then, you know, if people are connecting with what you're saying, that's like, you're mm-hmm. no longer alone and feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's also it. Like, I don't know, we all get lonely and we want to create something that can, other people can connect with. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm not alone. That's, that's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time I saw you perform was at mm-hmm. um, New Spire Arts um, back yeah. when Could Be Better was booking oh, that space. I, I love um, New Spire. It's yeah. so pretty in there. <laughs> yeah, it's such a nice spot. And it's so lovely. Like they have the like lobby and the black box. Yeah, I played um, the lobby and in the black box too, both of which were very nice. Mm-hmm. They want to have me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see like how um, things shake out there. But mm-hmm. um, anyway when I saw you um perform there and I don't remember if you did this at FAC but I certainly remember at New Spire um Mm -hmm. you actually passed either your journal or a journal Uh um around with uh to the crowd and invited people to write in it. Um, and I thought that was so interesting. Like I, I think I've experienced similar things in different circles of people Mm -hmm. who are like being intentional about kind of like creating an energy in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm curious kind of, um, yeah, the practice of like passing your journal around, like in what instances do you do that? Do you do it for every show? And kind of like, um, if you wanted to talk about yeah, that idea of kind of um, facilitating like an experience right. to experience the music. I think like it originally started not even with my own music, but I used to run a DIY venue called the Spaghetti Party. Rest in peace, the Spaghetti Party. <laughs> but I always had like a I had like a giant like blank notebook that people could like draw in or like write stuff in during the show just to be like what's on everyone's mind or like what are they thinking about while they're here and I mean like documenting everything like obviously I'm I'm a little obsessed with like maybe just remembering too much um and so I think with the I have like a the journal that I pass out at the shows is like a separate journal from mine Mm I I'm very like um guarded with my with my journal or my journals I think if anybody ever read them I'd just kill myself like that (laughs) it would be awful and like embarrassing because it's like that's my like secret place it's like my mind prison but Mm. not so dark and shady but the I I don't know I just I I like to kind of like share something with with everybody like I'm I'm always like in the hosting mood kind of like I I host shows and like just general stuff I like to know what people are thinking and sometimes people are shy and they like don't know how to say something to you or like you just don't end up talking to everyone sometimes it's hard to talk to everyone at a show so kind of like passing that out or sometimes I'll put it with my merch and be like hey like you know let me know what you um thought or like what you're thinking sometimes I'll tell people like write you know with a prompt or something like what's your favorite color or what did you eat for lunch (laughs) just to kind of Mm -hmm. be like what's you know what's going on here what's like the underlying like subconscious of like the space that we're in Mm -hmm. right now do you feel like that um has given you like more distinct memories of each show Mm-hmm. you've played or like each show you've hosted i i think so for sure i don't go back and look at it a lot because i don't want to be like too conceited because people do <laughs> write really nice things in the in that journal and then i think mm-hmm. i would just my head would blow up but <laughs> um i have like a like um like a really visual memory i i'm bored i would say it's borderline like photographic so i can just like kind of close my eyes and boom I'm like in the in the room where I was or something but 
everything kind of helps remember whatever everything gets kind of blurry sometimes too mm-hmm. so anything helps it's kind of funny like the fear of becoming conceited because people write nice things in the the journal because in my yeah, mind it's kind like, of weird for no, like no, to no, say no, that it's, no it's funny because um in my mind like um asking for people to kind of like write something back to you mm-hmm. um is something more than like a typical show right like if you go I to a so. show i guess as, i haven't like, seen I like other people doing that. It's a good idea, though. I think other people should do it. Yeah, because it, it, like, gives more space as, you know, someone going to a show to be a whole person, right? Because, like, when you're at a show, you're giving, you know, like, hopefully the musician, like, all the attention to, like, listen and be present to what's happening, but Mm -hmm. to kind of, like, turn that back at um, folks in the crowd. Like, it's definitely, like, something that, like, um, turns the mm-hmm. dynamic in a certain way well the crowd is like you know i mean the artists are really important like that's why everyone's there but the crowd is like you know just as important like you're there to support something and like you want to have an experience too and you want to share something and that's and that's really cool and i don't mm-hmm. know i wish i could i wish i could literally talk to everyone but i just can't <laughs> right like, we all have so, a capacity that's that's what that is like i wish i could like stare in everyone's eyes and be like what's (laughs) up dude but maybe i will maybe that'll be my goal this year stare in everyone's eyes and say what's up dude (laughs) amazing um okay so you talked about um hosting shows Mm -hmm. uh I think you're hosting shows regularly. I am. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? I only know a tiny bit, I think, from Instagram. So I'm living in College Park right now. I'm uh, graduating from the University of Maryland this year, finally. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, a space in College Park called Only Vibes, and they're like, they're a venue but like there's a lot more to it than just that like they created like a whole online like artist platform to support artists and they take like a lot of like visual content for people like so that they can post and because you know in the like revolving door of social media having like visuals is really important if if you're an artist especially a smaller artist um and so yeah i really i really rock with them um and I'm like the assistant to the the owner there. Like I'm pretty, I'd say I'm pretty involved. But I uh, I host like a monthly show. I just call it Only Flow because it's like you know only vibes and I'm flow. That's cute. Um, <laughs> and it's it's been really fun. The I had one the other night, and the artists I was just like they just like always blow me away. I'm like, I knew you guys were good, but you guys I don't know they just really rock. And we have artists like um, like vendors and stuff come come out too, and um, I've gotten like Taco Bell the last couple times, and we just like give out tacos. Nice. Um, <laughs> and sometimes people come and do tattoos. Like, I guess the whole idea is um, finding like that. For me, that space just merges like all the different mediums, and you can go and you're just like mm-hmm. have access to all of that, like That's artistically. Amazing it's really cool you should you should come sometime yeah i would love to um also like having 
like food present in a space always like for me reminds like me home. of like yeah like domestic space like oh I'm like at home mm-hmm. and to be kind of like have the home e feelings like also around the art e feelings is like yeah. really cool especially after the pandemic when like no, everybody sure. has a different capacity for mm-hmm. being in the kind of like heightened space of like being in the public <laughs> right. right like there's a different Hyper level aware of yourself yeah in public, mm-hmm. for sure but people just are hungry. I know I know people are hungry. <laughs> I know the shows are late and you probably forgot to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need something to soak up the alcohol that's <laughs> probably present too. So mm-hmm. eat a fucking taco and, you know, have fun. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, you also brought your guitar with you. Did I you did. want to perform a song for us? Well, I, or? I've been, um, working on a song or like kind of finished a song about like the accident I was, mm-hmm. um, telling you about. And I'm gonna, I wrote the original lyrics in a journal actually, which is funny cause I usually just end up like vomiting into my notes app, mm. but I will play a little bit of that when I can find it. There you go. Cool. So, Take your time. Yeah. Let me let me get her out. Also, I um I work at Starbucks, so all my tips are like cash. So that's how I have all these dollar bills. <laughs> I was gonna marks. ask about that. <laughs> They're cute bookmarks. I was like, I couldn't find any post-its this morning. I was like, well, dollar <laughs> bills. I guess we'll do. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I was just really like reflecting on what happened to us, like on the drive home from Atlanta and the accident and everything. We were driving I-85, so that's what I called the song. Um, I'll play like the first, the first part of it, cause I feel like that is the hardest. first part of it I think another thing like I don't know I I'd be struggling with my mental health for sure and when that accident happened I was like my life is a gift (laughs) I need to I need to act like it um Mm -hmm. a little more which I'm still working on but that was definitely a wake-up call Mm -hmm. a wake-up call for me yeah it's yeah that um that tension of like you know life holding you know such wild extremes yeah is like something that like is so hard to embody every day Mm -hmm. like for me I think like that struggle kind of goes back to that like I overcommit myself all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I like always stack like because I'm like oh I want to do so many things in what time I have um to where like I don't have the space for the stuff that Mm -hmm. like actually really means a ton to me um yeah and so, like, yeah, that, that tension between, like, um, 
you know, living every day the way that you want to live your life Mm -hmm. and like also holding the kind of like, um, yeah, extremes of the world is, is a hard space to like really like, um, hold all the time. It's a balance. Do you ever just feel like you're running out of time? Like you can never do everything you want. Cause I feel like that a lot. Oh my God. Every day. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like, especially like like after I hit 25, it feels like every year just like flies by. And I'm yeah. like, how is it already the next year? <laughs> no, for real. I, I turn, I'm 23 right now and I'm turning 24 this year. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, how did that even happen? I was just like living in my parents' house and, mm-hmm. you know, driving around in the backseat because I couldn't drive but mm-hmm. but like that that idea of like feeling alive is like to me just like being present and mm-hmm. like being grateful right like no, at least it's like it. how it resonates for me and it's like it can be as simple as like you know having the mental like space to mm-hmm. like I don't know, like even when I was waiting for you in the lobby of the building that we're recording this in, Mm -hmm. like I was standing in the sun and I was just like, oh my God, like this is such a lovely experience of like being Mm. in bright sunlight and like in that moment, because yeah, I've been really busy the past week. So like even just like waiting for you that five minutes, I was like, oh, like this is really like a nice like presence. And it's just like the gift of the sun coming through the window right now. I think we had like a similar moment in the car before we came in here because we got here like a few minutes early and I was like, um, we can go over in a minute, but I'm really having fun being in the car right now and just just sitting here (laughs) kind of taking like a, like a pause, Mm -hmm. you know, hard pause sometimes. For sure. Um, thank you for sharing that, that song with us. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, Like even at a midpoint, um. Do you feel like this particular song like mm-hmm. like stands out to you and like what you have been kind of releasing in the past like couple of years because yeah. of like what's tied to it? I think so for sure. It feels really raw. I think the music like this song and like the songs that are going to follow because Loki I'm working on an album that might come out who knows. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, this the songs feel like literally like something I just like would have written in my journal and I'm like I almost don't want anyone to hear them because they are so like raw and personal and there are a little couple petty jabs but like that's you know that has Mm -hmm. to happen sometimes um but I'm like they're that's like the the reason I need to kind of put them out there because they're so raw and personal I think they're kind of good too so yeah I feel like I need to share share them get them out there this idea of like a really intense life event kind of like Mm -hmm. opening you up to an even greater degree like we kind of talked about at the top um being sensitive to the world being like kind of a conduit for creative expression yeah and um yeah I'm excited to hear um what comes of the the latest writings yeah dude i mean like after the accident i remember like turning to my friend leal who was in the car and she also plays bass she's a killer bassist but i remember looking her at her and being like i feel like this took me back to square one like Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't really know what to do now and so it's kind of been i feel like i've been on a on a different journey like that kind of like knocked me off my path a little but i think maybe i found a better one 
Nice. So, you know, um, life is a journey. That's what <laughs> yeah. they say. I have to say that it sounds like corny, but sometimes I have to be like, it's a journey. Like when I'm <laughs> sobbing and like on the phone with my mom, it's a journey. It is. Um, I really like your shoe sock combo, by the oh, way. I'll thanks. say that on the pod. Killer shoe sock combo on Nicole. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so for me, like when I enter a period um, like that where I feel like um, I'm doing some like internal work mm-hmm. to get to the place where I can talk about what I'm making again, mm-hmm. um, it's so lovely to be like still in creative communities. Yeah. And I think that's where that, you know, there are so many artists who kind of take it upon themselves to do organizing work, to bring no, people together sure. in a space. Um, and I feel like, especially in the past couple of years, I've really myself kind mm-hmm. of been in both places. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm curious, like your thoughts on on that. I mean, like throughout the like the first year or two of the, the pandemic, I was kind of like done making music. Like, I was, like, I don't really know if, like, this is something I want to keep doing anymore because I, I just, like, found, like, a really negative space with it and it felt like I couldn't just make anything. Like, I always had to be, like, making some kind of product, um, which is fucking shitty to feel like. So I kind of took a, a little break, but then as things kind of started to warm back up, like, in the last, like, year, year and a half... I actually went to, I think it was one of the first times I went to a show at Only Vibes, and I remembered, like, what it feels like to be around artists, and then it kind of reminded me, like, hey, dude, you're you're an artist, too. Remember that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is, like, really important to me, and I was just, like, blowing myself off. And it's also, I think it was also really hard just trying to be creative on your own because mm-hmm. I I think that's virtually like impossible I mean like I you know I always like retreat into my room and have my lonely time and you know bust out a song or two or do what I need to do but you always need you know it's like the crowd thing you need people to mirror back to you like what's going on and you need feedback like good and bad mm-hmm. and you just need support like people just need support especially yeah. artists and I think we're still in a place of like everybody kind of at least I feel this like shaking out like all the pandemic stuff to yeah. be like where like where are the spaces where are the like mm-hmm. things that we can like uh, so much is gone now too mm-hmm. like just a lot of the places I would go before aren't there I'm like mm-hmm. oh that, that feels like a, a little ghost but new things are opening up so Mm -hmm. keep opening (laughs) yeah I think people are still emerging and we're kind of like Mm -hmm. building back but um for me at least it's been just like a reminder of how important it is um Uh to make spaces where you know um it brings everybody's art and making an expression together in a shared space that just like rocks man (laughs) (laughs) it's really fun like at the end of the day like when you're an artist and you get to be in a space like that even if you're not an artist and you're just like a supporter and you want to be around like what's happening it just feels good it just feels good to be there we just all we all just want to feel good unless you're like jeffrey dahmer or something <laughs> but he was probably just trying to feel good too honestly he just didn't really go about it in a great way I, like, couldn't even watch anything that I am, like, we talked about being sensitive. I, like, straight up, like, can't handle. I got through the first episode, and I was, like, that was wild. 
I was like, ouch, I'm yeah. going to watch, like, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy now or something. Yeah, especially in the past, like, three years, I feel like I've become more and more sensitive to, um, yeah. like, specifically TV shows to where, like, I can't, um, like, I can't even, like, invest in, like, an emotionally intense show, even mm-hmm. if it's not violent, unless I, like, really make space for it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I tried, like, casually watching Breaking Bad the other day um and i was like cool for the first like a few episodes and then they started like beating each other up and i was like hmm i'm gonna go (laughs) not do this (laughs) i'll come back later (laughs) for sure um okay so we're in the last um few minutes of our time but um my kind of final like wrap-up question Mm -hmm. for you is um kind of how you feel like you're evolving as of late. Like, I think that we kind of circled around this a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, like, is there anything grabbing your attention um, these days or like, what are you shifting towards or away from? Um, everything at the same time. <laughs> I think, I mean, like we talked about um, with like my songs being really reflective and like my whole journaling process, I think, and I think this is probably the same for, like, a lot of artists. Like, your personal evolution is a big part of your, like, musical evolution. Um, I think that's, like, what I've connected to, like, um, Haley Williams with so much because she's just, like, always kind of put it out there, especially with the the more recent, like, her solo album. Um, I remember she did, like, a Zane low interview i think that's his name i always yeah that's his name okay um she did an interview with him where she like started crying and i was like same (laughs) so i i think just like trying to be more real and honest and um not so closed off as a person and like as a as an artist just trying to like you know be out there Mm -hmm. feel good like i said just Mm want to feel good yeah, like bringing a sense of like your genuine self mm-hmm. to to each thing. Well, I think especially because I do like um, so many live shows that I really wanted to bring that kind of genuineness to my live performances. Like, hey guys, we're just hanging out and mm-hmm. I'm going to play my songs. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, the world kind of like teaches us and like our culture kind of teaches us to Mm -hmm. perform for different settings in different ways oh my god I've thought (laughs) about this so much in my entire life I I, like I kind of see it as like versions of myself like it have different modes or something like Mm -hmm. there's like workflow or there's like school flow and there's like you know relationship flow friend flow whatever the list goes on and on but Mm -hmm. I think it used to really bother me. Like, why am I not the same everywhere? Why do I feel like I have to put on a mask some places and it's almost like it's out of my control. I feel like I can't really stop it. And so kind of realizing like I'm not going to be the same everywhere, but I am the same everywhere at the same time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like something I've really spent a lot of time thinking about. For sure. Um, It's something that I like work on in myself. Um, because like I do a lot of different things like Mm -hmm. I I teach and like I also like I have like a nine-to-five job at an arts nonprofit, and like we do the podcast and so like um like each role is like slightly Mm -hmm. different um but like 
you know, tapping into the mental health of it all, like it, it takes like another step to kind of like remind yourself to be present to like mm-hmm. your, your needs and your body and your selfhood, like through all of those things. And yeah, it's like important sure. to have boundaries around each role, right? Like it's mm-hmm. important to learn how to like, you know, put on a certain level of mask. Um, mm-hmm. but it's that like, kind of like returning to like, I don't know if it's vulnerability, but it's like that presence and like what I connect to that kind of like genuineness of being open and yeah. intentional about like kind of creating the space around you. For sure. I think when you talk about like having different jobs and like doing a lot, like playing a lot of different roles, like you're not doing all the same things in all the same places. So mm-hmm. of course you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, react to things differently, but you know, there is, I think also, like, maybe this is, like, pandemic related or just because, like, our society is so fucked up. Everyone's just really guarded. Mm-hmm. Like, people are, people are scared. It's hard to connect. Like, we're all just, like, I don't know, amoebas afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard. And I think, you know, you want to be tough and be like, oh, I'm not scared. You know, I'm not afraid of rejection. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, wow, I would really hate to feel like that right now (laughs) yeah but you have to have some level of acceptance like I always say like even if it's not okay it'll be okay Mm -hmm. because you know whatever happens it has to be it has to be (laughs) cool well um thank you again so much for making the time to come out here and for for playing um your song for us and um yeah wish you all the best in the future and can't wait to attend one of the only flow nights okay i'll see you soon (laughs) (laughs) cool for images and links to the artwork we discuss on the show follow us on instagram at this is not my magnum opus subscribe to us on apple podcasts or follow us on spotify you can also leave us a rating or add a review we'd love to hear your thoughts Music for this podcast was written and performed by Frederick's resident shoegaze band, TV. That's T-E-E-V-E-E, period. This Is Not My Magnum Opus is proud to be part of the Could Be Better podcast network. Executive produced by Chris Perry and Colin McGuire of Could Be Better. This show is made possible by a Maryland State Arts Council creativity grant. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. Do you like change? Do you love the familiar smells of your bedroom studio? Listen no further, friends, because the Could Be Better podcast is back and as disappointing as ever. Indeed, Chris, this season we are changing almost absolutely nothing. The show will drop on Thursdays and we hope to include guests. We'll also shamelessly plug any and all events of which we are part. So like and follow wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website, www.couldbebettermeh.com or let's pretend this never happened. I know I will. Me too. And do not forget this could be better.